Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiance Wrap Up Podcast, where every week we dive into all the nonsense provided to us by these wild castmates of 90 Day Fiance the other way. I am your host and conductor of the Hot Mess Express, Pia Zanbikili, excited to talk about episode nine of 90 Day Fiance the other way. And today I'm joined by someone it has been a long time coming, making his return to the podcast. The number one Jinian Sumit naysayer. It is the one, the only Jason Reed. Jason, how are you doing today? Look who's back. Call the cops. Sorry, I, I, I didn't mean to <laughs> I call that all that. that. That'll have you, me a after reference. But uh, don't you bring my jaw back in. <laughs> call the cops. <laughs> call the cops. Uh, yeah, but I'm I'm fantastic. Uh, thanks for having me back on again uh, to talk about my fave couple. Um, you know, and the, and the truths that you didn't want to see the first time. Hey, listen, first of all, happy to have you back. Second of all, yeah, I was, I was uh, optimistic. Okay. I was optimistic. <laughs> the year has gone. I have become less optimistic and now <laughs> downright doubtful. So we'll see when we get to talk about them. I can't wait to hear what you've had to say in this past year about them. However, let's start off. By talking about a couple who we usually end with. Let's talk about Steven and Alina. So the last time we saw Steven and Alina, they were hanging out with the mom. Alina's mom was not feeling Steven at all. Steven was showing his old ass all over the place. And we started this episode with Alina's mom leaving Turkey. Yeah, so I gotta say, Anna, uh, Alina's mom is probably... Uh, a quick entrant into like the hall of fame of 90 day moms with the amount of like disdain and uh, dirty looks that she shoots Steven all the time. I, I really love it. I love it too. If looks could kill, like she is on him from the beginning. I just, I loved every interaction she's had with him. It's been the perfect mix of shady and subtle. And it's been perfect because Steven, I don't think quite gets it either. No, he still thinks that she's like, uh, she, oh yeah, she knows that I love you so much. When in reality, she's just like, get this clown away from my daughter, please. I, I would just yeah. love to see the deleted scenes of her up on like trying to talk to Alina into like coming back with her. I know that happened. <laughs> yeah, honestly. And I mean, it feels like that is 
you know, what she was alluding to this whole episode. So they're on the ride to the airport. And, you know, Alina's talking about potentially wanting to give Steven another chance because, you know, everyone makes mistakes. It's a natural thing that happens. And Steven's sitting in the middle of the two of them in the back riding middle. And he's knocking back, like, I don't know, nerds, like some kind of candy. And I was like, what are you, six? What he's got his doing? snacks. Like, before they left, he's like, well, I got to get my snacks. Like, bro, this is probably like a, an hour round trip, maybe. Like, you really needed snacks for this. Yeah, you're you know, going like, to be like fine. He, said he sits he's in the middle of Alina and her mother. Like, can you give them some, like, time to be, like, in proximity together? Like, why did you need to get in the middle of them? I don't understand that choice. I really don't. Because also, if you're in a position where you're the nature of your relationship with someone is uncomfortable or it's standoffish, sitting directly next to them is about the worst thing you could do. You should have ridden window, given Alina the middle seat and gone from it that way. Totally awkward. Yeah, I did not. Steven, Steven's a, Steven is an interesting guy. Like when I first like when. You know, he popped up on the first episode. It was like, this guy kind of reminds me of like, a, it's, it's like he's an extra from, from the movie Napoleon Dynamite. Like, he's like really <laughs> awkward. Like, he says weird stuff. Like, it's, and he kind of has a look of uh, that. If anyone is in the football world, Trevor Lawrence of the Jacksonville Jaguars, a new quarterback. Like, and it's such a weird mix that is, he's just such a unique character. Like, and, but, but, you know, as the time has gone on, I've gone, I've grown from curious to kind of disgusted by him. Yeah. And it's honestly not been getting any better. It's been getting worse and worse with every passing episode. Like I remember the first episode, I was like, oh, this kid's a gold mine for the content. They're, he's going to be so fun to make fun of. Now I just find myself being more and more irritated with him and wanting more and more for Alina to dump him. So I don't have to see him anymore. Like I'm over him. It's been done. I'm okay with him going now. Yeah, it's just uh, you want to scream with your television set. Lena, run, run, go away, run. Seriously. So, okay, so then um, Alina's mom leaves. Bye-bye. Alina's mom's gone. And now it's just the two of them. And Stephen has decided to make an appointment for them at a Turkish bathhouse so that they can have a nice spa day and relax and, you know, get past all these issues that they've been having. So they're taken into the bathhouse. It's a very, you know, it's like an echoey room. And Stephen obviously comments about this, talks about how he pictures this is how Batman's lair would be very echoey. And Alina talks about how she doesn't feel relaxed. She's kind of feeling like she's taking a risk by giving him another chance. And that's where she's at. And the whole story from here on, and this was a very, um, I don't think there was a lot going on in this episode for everybody total, but Basically, the rest of the scene with Alina and Steven, most of it links to, I need your social media deleted. You said you were going to delete it. You haven't deleted it. Delete it. Yeah, like, and even in, like, the the bathhouse, like, Steven just acts like a child, like, all the time. He's, like, messing with the water. He's, like, slapping himself with the water. He's pouring the water on Alina. And Alina's just, like, you can tell the look on her face. She's just, she's kind of over it. I'm not sure why she is giving him another chance, but she is. And, you know, with the whole social media accounts, this is what the second, third time she brought up in the in the bathhouse and then again in the park. It's just like, dude, like if you want this to continue, you have to do it. Yeah, I know you don't want to do. I know you said that just to appease her. And Stevens are really kind of like, you know, I'll appease everyone with with words. I'm a big he's a big words guy. He's not a big actions guy. And Alina, as she said several times, she needs actions and not words. And. 
Hey, uh, dumbass, when you tell someone, when you promise someone you're going to do something and the person you promise is the person you're trying to win back, you have to do it whether you like it or not. And that's the sad truth. You promise. So you have to. But then his excuses don't make it any better. So in the bathhouse, he talks about how, well, I still need to keep in touch with my friends and family. Like, this is the only way we can communicate and keep in touch. So I can't really do that right now. But you clearly can use WhatsApp. Yeah, there's a million and one apps to help you stay connected to people that aren't like, quote unquote, social media apps. Right. Exactly. So that feels like a a reach. I believe he has an iPhone. I feel like I thought he has an iPhone. So even if you don't want to WhatsApp, blue tick marks, blue bubbles, you know, that can still happen. So iMessage easily. I don't buy any of this, obviously, and neither does she. She's just frustrated with him. And she also mentions, I still have my ace in the hole. You know, he doesn't know about Masha yet. And I feel like I'm going to have to talk to him about that. So then she tells him, if you don't delete this, I'm not sure I can trust you moving forward. And he basically responds with, okay, fine, I'll do it. And that was the last we saw of them in the bathhouse. The one other scene we had with them, they went for a walk and then they went down to this, like, I don't know, like a nice site or whatever. Basically, again, this is more of Steven trying to fix things with her. And we find out immediately he has still not deleted his social media. Yeah, because at this because uh, this time it's he needs pictures that he has on his social media accounts. Like you only have pictures on that social media account. I don't. Uh, that is another weird excuse that came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. That's very dumb because also I'm pretty sure if you deactivate your social media, it will not delete everything. You reactivate it, it's all still there. Right. So. We keep saying they keep saying delete. It's like it's not going to be gone forever. Like. Like, guy, nothing is gone forever off the internet, first of all. Um, and <laughs> yep. I feel like it's very easy just to kind of get your, like, it's not that much of a hassle or a process. You could have done this the day after she asked you about it. You could have done it within probably an hour's time. And you don't even have to do that much. You just kind of set it down and let it do its thing. But it, he's just co- trying to use this cop out answer again, which is, which is insane. Yeah, I just I found it ridiculous that he tried to make the pictures be a thing and and the reason. But then she confronts him. She says, hey, um, so I want you to tell me, do you know about a Russian girl potentially messaging you? Maybe someone named Masha. And then he doesn't respond. He's frozen. I wish she had. I wish she had let it linger a little bit. Like, uh, so, uh, is anyone texting you? And just let him, like, she didn't even let him answer any questions. She's like, uh, you know, right. maybe someone in Russia. And he's like, uh, well, maybe someone named Masha. Like, uh, but oh, yeah, I know Masha. I know she's been texting. Like, let him, uh, you know, let him give you the answers that you know. I him. agree. I wanted him to get and set himself up by saying no. Just one no, one lie so that she can immediately catch him in it. She didn't leave him that room, which ultimately is fine because it just raised my blood pressure because he she mentions all of this and mentions like, I know that you were messaging with someone and he says, oh, so you tried setting me up. I was like, well, yeah, and he, um, he mentions about her insecurities in relationship. Like, gee, I wonder why she would have any sort of question or any sort of insecurity when you've done nothing but lie to this poor girl. Yeah, if I was told by my partner, hey, we're going to pra- let's practice celibacy. It's important to me that we're celibate. But then you break that celibacy code with someone else. I would feel very insecure. Be like, did you just not want to break it with me? 
Am I the problem? What's going on? Why is that a thing? Do you not like me enough? And then this was your way of like covering, like, you know what I mean? Like the mind wanders in, in situations. So this is no different than that to me. I don't, I feel like you've caused all the insecurity here. So you should understand that. And second of all, don't sit here and try to act like you're being set up. You are dumb enough to fall for that setup. First of all, then also we find out this is the content that we haven't told you yet. This is what the text thing said because he replied to her again. Um, so Stephen messaged back Masha and said, Oh, I'm in Turkey right now. You should get your bathing suit and come join Winky Face. Right. So I do kind of want to play devil's advocate a little oh, bit. No. A oh, little no. bit. All right. Give it a shot. Yeah, a little go. bit. I feel like Steven is the type of guy because uh, it was the same with the first message he's that uh, he and Masha exchanged, right? Like uh, it wasn't exactly like a flirt. It was kind of like a polite, like, oh yeah, you should come down sometime. Like, and I feel like this was all along the same lines. Like he even said mm-hmm. himself, he's like, well, it was kind of the polite thing to do. It wasn't really serious. And, and as I said, like he's all, the, the guy is a man of words. He's not a man of actions. He says these things like, oh, hey, I want to marry you. And then when you get all the way to Turkey, you're like, mm, I mean, I guess maybe we want to get married. I'm not even sure. Uh, you know, yeah, I'll delete my social media accounts. Uh, maybe not. I just said that. You know, he, he's a big words guy, but he doesn't really mean a lot of it. And I still feel like this isn't really, I don't know if I would constitute this as quote unquote flirting. Cause what, what would have happened if she had taken him up on this, uh, offer? Like she gets there and he's like, Oh, Hey, Alina. Yeah. I, I invited this girl over. Like, I, I don't think he was serious. So I'll play devil's devil's advocate advocate here because I, to a degree, agree with you because we know Steven has no sense of what he's saying and what means what he clearly isn't the best wordsmith. However, I feel like if he was, you know, if he invites someone to his hometown or whatever, that's the, if I'm on vacation, I'm not inviting someone mid vacation to pull up, especially someone I don't know. Right. That's just never going to happen. But I don't think like, it was again, real limitations. When I, I don't think it was real. I think he's just like saying it to be polite. I don't uh, think it was a real I limitation. Mean, but it's just so ridiculous of someone to do this. But it is I think he's I think he's kind of an aw shucks like, you know, weirdo kind of like he says these nice platitudes, but he doesn't mean any of it. Yeah, no, I could see that. I could see that. I just, just remember she I, like she texted him out of the blue. Like he didn't go looking for this. Like she kind of came out of the blue, was like, hey, and he's just trying to continue the conversation and be nice. Yeah, that's, but all, that's what I, I think. Yeah, I, I, don't, listen, I don't like Steven. though. I don't like Steven. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't like the yeah. guy. <laughs> but I want to give him a, at least a little bit of grace here and say that he wasn't trying to like, wasn't trying to get there, if you know what I mean. Right. I mean, I think this is the problem with them because he has done all this other stuff. Because before, before he had gone on these dates, before he had like kissed on anybody, if he's just this friendly, happy-go-lucky guy, it's harmless. It's fine. But now that there are trust issues in this relationship and she is clearly vocalized, hey, I'm not comfortable with you talking with other girls, that's when he has now sent this invite out. So friendly or not, she said this is no bueno. So that's why I think already I'm like, you're already in deep shit and now you're doing more. This is not good. So then he you know, she tries pushing him more to, to, um, 
delete the social media. He talks about the photos and then he's, she's like, okay, download them now. And then we'll like download them now and delete. And he's like, ah, oh, but, but the, but the, the Wi-Fi here is not good. Let's just go back to the, well, when we go back, we'll sort it out. When we go back to the Airbnb, she was like, okay, then let's go now. I'm very mad at you. And they start walking away and he tries to stop her. He does his best Andrew impression, baby, baby, wait. Yeah. <laughs> you, like, you know, I love you, right? It was like, doesn't matter, Steven. You well, are. Yeah. Well, another thing that upsets me about Steven is he's very handsy. Like, uh, yes. the, the car ride, he's like hugging all up on her. Like, and then this scene is just like grabbing her kind of. I'm like, dude, get, uh, just get off her. Like, it was, it was very weird and awkward. I do not disagree with you. In fact, I wholeheartedly agree with you. He is very, like, again, I don't think he understands. Uh, boundaries. He doesn't understand personal space. He doesn't understand, like, he doesn't understand that just saying things isn't enough at all. Right. Like, that is nothing. That is gust in the wind. You need to show. You need to do. And, you know, it doesn't matter what you say your intentions are. Those intentions have to be proven. And the path to proving an intention after being distrusted or after being uh, disbelieved. It's a long path. It's not going to get sorted during this trip. It starts with a big gesture like you deleting your social media and then the mending starts. The mending will not start until you do that. No matter how many times you say baby or try and tell them that you love them to their face. You're not doing the one thing they're asking. Why would they believe anything else you're saying? Well, in this case, like we hear a lot, like on, we're going to hear from another couple on this episode. Uh, you know, actions speak louder than words. A lot of times when people say that, there's not a lot of actions to be taken, but here there's a very big action you can take to start to gain trust back and you're not doing. It. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that is easily the best way to put it. As long as he's not going to do the one thing she's asked, none of it's going to matter. So. That was pretty much the end of it with them. We didn't see much else. The next time on, Alina talks about wanting to end the relationship. Yes, thank you. I would love if the relationship just ends next episode and we don't see them again. She deserves (laughs) better than this. I need her to get out because, I mean, it. you know, turns out this guy is like, it's just, he's he's a classic like F boy. Like he's not even like, he's not even a soak boy. He's apparently just like an F boy. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, he's a clown through and through, and I don't think his words mean anything. And I think he's better off going back home and and starting from scratch somewhere else because Alina deserves better, and we can all agree with that. Hundred percent. All right, so that wraps up Stephen and Alina for today. Now let's go over to another couple. We'll go over to Ari and Biniam, and I have a lot of feelings about Ari and Biniam. And I'm not, I'm, I'm very irritated today, Jason. I can understand why. Yeah. So let's, let's rip the bandaid and talk about them here. So Ari's in, uh, Ari's in the U S right. She went there for the surgery. Their surgery still pending. She mentioned, you know, it's not my fault that I can't like the schedule. They have to schedule when they want to schedule. Like I can't control the doctors, but she mentions that it's been stressful being far away from Binium. And that they've been having a lot of fights amongst each other. And the fights stem from the fact that Biniam has been going out, you know, going to clubs with his friends, hanging out with his friends and family. And she feels like he is negating his parental and spousal duties by not being available to to keep in touch with her when she needs it. Okay, so 
here's the thing. I, I'm also kind of wondering how the scheduling of this surgery could have worked. Like, could we have scheduled the surgery long distance and then go when the surgery was to be done? I mean, you have taken him to a doctor and it's been diagnosed. Can we just say, okay, can we schedule it in the U.S.? And then when it's time for it to be done, I go then. Instead of going there, being like, mm, it'll get done at some point, and then just staying there for a while. I kind of sort of think that this is kind of an Ari kind of took this opportunity and maybe needed a little break from Ethiopia of it all and wants to kind of be in America with her family. I think this is kind of an opportunity she took. Well, yeah, because like the whole thing with her leaving was that she did it literally felt like on instinct. She did it without talking to Binium about any of it. She had all she had done was talk to her mom once. I don't think they planned the surgery until she left. So it just felt like she made this big decision on her own, left Binium, who has all these insecurities about his previous relationship and how he lost his kid there. And now she's all mad about Binium trying to get his mind off of the stress of like, oh, maybe they won't come back because he's trying not to do that. And, you know, he's trying to see his friends and hang out with them. And she's mad, but she gets to hang out with her family and she has the baby. He would much rather be with the baby. He, you saw how sad he was to lose the baby. Uh, and the baby in this instance is Avi, not um the rapper. So <laughs> it was like, why are you mad at him for trying to keep his mind off of being away from his son? I just don't I get feel it. Like I feel like the distrust can come both ways. Like, hey, Ari, I don't know who you're hanging out with either over there in America. Uh, where's your boy Leander at, or Leandro, I whatever mean, his name was? You where, hung where out he with at? Leandro. He, he only because last time Leandro. he was over there. Yeah, yeah, last time he was over there, you were hanging out with with, uh, with Leandro. Like, so I don't know what you're doing over there either. And I feel like she's really coming down hard on him. When you know, what am I supposed to do? Just sit sit around and wait for you to call like, or be on the phone with you 24 hours a day while I'm sitting here worried? Um, now, I will say that uh, him turning off his phone or putting his phone in airplane mode or whatever, that's a no-no. Oh, uh, for sure. 100%. But, um, I can't blame him for wanting to be around friends and family when given the opportunity here. I can, I can also understand Ari's perspective of even when she was there, he was out all times of the night doing whatever it is he's doing. And he was also a little evasive about what he was doing when she was even there. So I would imagine in her mind, what is he doing when I'm not there? Is he like, you know, playing the ass bongos on his ex again? Like, what's he doing? Right. And that's the thing with him is that he doesn't have a good track record himself. It's not like, ooh. Binium's the most innocent man in the no. Binium is also we learned this season that he him and his ex broke up because of maybe some cheating. So he's not in good standing there, and he shouldn't have turned off his phone because that is one hundred percent psychological warfare between partners. This was yep. you knowing she can't get to you and it's gonna cause her to be in a frenzy. So any excuses there? Oh, I put on airplane mode. That's stupid. You don't. Why does it matter to you if you can't get data in the basement? Well, you don't have to turn anything off. So that was unnecessary. Well, I mean, he even admitted to her like, oh, yeah, I turned on because you were annoying me. Like, no, we, right. we can't do that, guy. We can't do that. Exactly. And I just I didn't like the way Ari was approaching it at all, though. Like, I think both of them are awful and both of them are in the wrong in points. But 
I just feel like Ari made it all about herself. Like he wants to hurt my feelings by doing all this, by going out. You're not seeing it as you just took his son to another right. country, the same country that his other kid is at that he can never see again. So he is nervous. He is worried. He is upset. And his friends are supporting him. His friends are keeping him company because I'll spoil a little bit. We'll go a little bit further into the episode. He's hanging out with the friends and they're not really sitting there like, smack talking Ari they kind of talk about how their fights are very evident but they're not sitting there being like you should get rid of her she doesn't belong he's not looking at other women or anything now we don't have the full picture sometimes they'll show us something in the next episode I'm like oh yeah um no uh Binium's a fool but for now what I'm seeing it's ridiculous how she's reacting right I mean like like I said I I can see where you get a little paranoid because of his past behavior, but there's no reason to really take that out that forcefully on Benny because you don't really know what's happening over there. Like you can't accuse the man of doing something that you don't know he's he's doing. Yeah, and and ultimately for me, the whole adage of you clearly are not prioritizing me and Avi, you're prioritizing your friends. That is wild because again. He obviously wanted you to stay. He begged you to stay. You didn't He's stay. still begging her to come back. Like at the yeah. end of that call, like, please come back. I love you. Like, I, there's nothing about his behavior to me. Like, even when he's on the phone with her, except for the whole, yeah, I turned off because you were annoying me. That tells me that he's really like out here trying to be like, trying to wild, trying to be wild when you're not there. He's just really lonely. And Benium seems like the kind of guy that does not do well with being alone uh, and that he really needs someone to be around him. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, it's one of those things where um, some people, you know, they need to be around other people to be distracted. Some people do it like for me. Um, if I'm not trying to be alone, I'll have something on in the background, either music, a rerun of a TV show that I've watched a billion times, a movie, something to keep my mind off of other stuff. So it just so happens his is human interaction. I can't fault him for that whatsoever. I just I and I'm, I'm like. It's very high and mighty to say all this while you are in the comfort of your home with your family and again with Avi with you. Like you have right. everyone else there. And also your family, unlike Binium's friends, are some of them are actively shit talking Ethiopia and saying, yeah, you should move back. You did the jokey having a life there. Now come back to the real world. So stop it. The, the hypocrisy is real here. Stop it. Yeah, I mean, ever since Ari and Benny, you know, uh, premiered on their season, uh, last season of uh, The Other Way, they've both really kind of, you know, been in the wrong. But I think Ari's pretty squarely in the wrong right now, right here. Like you said, we don't know what's coming up in the next episode. She seems a lot more fired up next episode. Um, so we don't know what's there yet. But as far as we've seen, there's nothing to, that should really cause her concern. Um you know, she talked about her his friends and how she does not trust their value systems and their judgment. I was like, come on, how, who are you to judge these these people like and what they're doing? Like, get over yourself. Yeah, I I'm, was not a fan of any of that. So then, the, really, there were two scenes, right? So that was the first scene that we just discussed. Then the second scene was just Binium. So Binium is. You know, he talks about how he visits with friends, goes to the gym to get his mind off of everything. Then there is one of the biggest um, holidays in Ethiopia called Meskel. 
Um, and he went to celebrate Mezcal with his friends and they went, you know, the first they went to the main Mezcal celebration in the city. Then later he brought some friends back home and they celebrated in his backyard. You know, man, I got to like every other episode we visit are in Benium. It seems like they're celebrating another holiday. Mm-hmm. I got to go spend some time in Ethiopia. Uh, I mean, their parties look dope. Like I would love to go there and like party with them because like, it, it seems like almost every other episode where we're hanging out with them while they're doing while they're partying. It just seems like a, a great atmosphere to me. I 100% agree. Um, it looks like a good time. Sometimes it makes me feel like, are we just fast forwarding the timeline to every time there's an event? <laughs> but it just seems like it's just a very eventful place to be. And yeah. you, like you said, the ambiance was beautiful. I loved everything we saw there. I feel like I'm learning every time we go back to Ethiopia. So then when he's hanging out with his friends in his backyard, I've already mentioned this, but they talk about how, you know, Binyam is constantly, you know, when they're hanging out every time he's, they're like, you shouldn't feel like the phone is fire when your wife calls you. And I feel like that's what, what's going on with them. And I don't have much else to say because then there was mention of it was Ethiopian New Year's and Binyam was, went to celebrate with his friends. He was home alone, but then he went to celebrate with his friends and Ari got mad at him. I, I think Ari wants him to be at home on his phone, just texting, please come back. I beg you. I beg you every five minutes. Because now that he set that precedent at the beginning, every time he doesn't, she starts feeling like, oh, he doesn't care. And that is just not the right read at all. I'm sure if, if uh, Ari got her away, she would just have a constant like FaceTime like portal open to him just to see what he's doing at all times. Um, but yeah, the, the scene with the, with the friends just is kind of like a, you know, it's kind of the boilerplate scene we see in a lot of these seasons and a lot of these situations where the culture is kind of like, you know, you, why are you so, uh, you know, subservient to this woman? And it just seems like we get that a lot in these, in these shows. You know, we got that a lot with, with Michael and, uh, and Angela and, and with yeah. a lot with some of these other couples that we've seen before. Yeah. No, we get this quite a bit. And honestly, it is very samey, samey. And it just ultimately it comes down to how do you feel about this couple? Do you think this person is in the right? Do you think they're in the wrong? Do they have a right to feel this way? Do they not have a right to feel this way? So there's just those variables change, but it's always the same story. It feels like ultimately with them. I mean, I've spoken my piece on it. I'll just say it one more time. They're both bad, but I somehow, for some reason, do sympathize with Binium because he does have the, you know, his kid is not there. He begged her not to leave. She left and now she's upset that he's trying to have a good time and fill the void while they're gone. I feel like if she came back tonight, he's going to stop hanging out with these friends and hang out with them anyway. So we'll see. And the reason I say we'll see and the reason I've been a little bit cagey on my talking about them is because in the next time on, we see that um, Ari says that she's decided not to go back to Ethiopia and is accusing Binium of having like slept with someone or done something extracurricular. Yeah, I also have to kind of wonder if this is uh, some of that classic TLC editing. Oh, like, you uh, know it is. What, yeah. what it's going to be like is he said something and then she shadily responds, well, I'm just not going to come back to Ethiopia. And then the next scene, they're like, okay, so the flight details are tomorrow <laughs> <Yeah>. at 10. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to come back to Ethiopia. Uh, cut it. Unless you do this, 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 and this. 
So yeah, I, I think that might be it. But she was really fired up. So maybe there is an inciting incident that has her saying this. But I do think and hope that she will make it back there. Yeah, we'll That'd see. Be my prediction. I, I hope. I hope so too. I mean, I've said when they're together, I'm rooting for them because they seem like they're on the right path. It's when they're separated that things just get so messy, and her family gets involved and say some stuff, and then her she gets insecure about stuff, then he gets insecure about stuff, and the insecurity brings the worst out of both of them. Hundred percent. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, well... That brings us to the end of the Ari and Binium portion. Sadly, though, because I really don't want to talk about this next couple, but formalities <laughs> are formalities. Let's go and talk about Corey and Evelyn. But Jason, you can take it away on this one. All right. So we, we, we open on Corey and his new digs. It's been, uh, I think he said a few weeks. He was at uh, his friend Raul's for a week until probably Raul kicked him out because he was being annoying. Um, <laughs> so we open on him making burgers for Evelyn. Um, now I like, so with this couple, I feel like something's off. I feel like this might be like kind of a reenactment of, of what has happened before. Cause the whole opening scene with them two, uh, in the apartment felt like a weird, like improv scene. Like I wasn't really sure what to make of it. Like it felt like Corey was kind of acting a little bit. What did you get that feel? Yeah, I, I, so I felt like he wanted to do like a reveal, right? Because she was about to come up there, the stairs, like, hey, and he's like, oh, no, 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 wait, 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 two seconds, wait, wait. I was like, what are you doing? Because all he did was there were two candles, there were some flowers, and then like a stool and a chair that weren't matching. So I I couldn't tell if this was his way of being like, I've got a grand reveal, but I definitely felt the weird energy. I'm just going to go off and say he was probably nervous, but I do see the improv nonsense. It just that felt you kind of sitcom like, oh, I broke yeah. a plate. Hold on. Hold on one second. Oh, Don't come up I yet. I burnt the burger. Oh, no. <laughs> but but the whole season, I felt like maybe maybe like this all happened while they weren't able to film them. 
and they were just like, you know what? Oh. This is such a great storyline. This is such a great thing that happened to you guys. We'll just pretend as if it's happening right now. Like, I feel like when they started filming them, they were already back together and fine, but they're like, mm, let's play it out as if it's happening right now. Cause this is, oh, a, that this is, is a, not this is a good a story. Shout. Yeah. I actually like that theory. It's a good theory. And, and it, it kind of got me thinking to like last episode where he shoves an O under the door and then we see the other side of the door and it's just like a camera on Evelyn as she's like serving her phone and it's, it's perfectly framed for like the note to pop under the door. Mm-hmm. Like it, that just kind of got me feeling like mm, feels kind of set up a little bit. I mean, I'm not, that, I'm not that mad at it because I feel like this actually all did happen, but we're just, they weren't able to film it. So we have to kind of get the pretend as if it's happening now. Yeah. Yeah. That's the yeah, feel I, I mean, get from them. Yeah, that's not a bad shout. I mean, also, but Corey does has and always will give me like the dumb dodo guy in the sitcom vibe. So it could also just be Corey being Corey. But that is not a bad theory. I certainly subscribe to this theory more right now than I did last year with your Jenny and Samit theory, which we're <laughs> about to get to in a bit. Um, so with them, you know, he he's invited her over. They're sitting down. They're having this, you know, meal and. It sounds like she has started turning a new leaf a little bit in that she might want to forgive him and move past with him, but she doesn't know if she can. So instead, they're going to go and um, take on a couples counselor, couples therapy to see that if if um, this is doable, this is fixable. And also, they're the ones that Jason alluded to with the actions over words. She keeps saying she needs action over words. Because Corey keeps trying to win her back. But also, did you, did we talk about the fact that there were two beds at this new place? And she was like, why do you have another bed for your other women? That's so weird. Like, are they going to sleep in the other bed? Are we not going to sleep? If I I have other women over, if there's a second bed, (laughs) are we burnt earning this? Like, or are we going to sleep in the same bed? Like, I don't like, what do you think is going to happen here? I have so many women over that we all can't fit in one bed. Like, is that is that what you think is going on? Oh my god! I don't know. All I know is Corey can barely handle himself, let alone like oh, more right. than one person at a time. <laughs> I have to. I would like to get like Evelyn and like Jenny together to be like. So, what do y'all see in this man? Can I ask that? Yeah, I still like two episodes ago, I would have put Alina in there, but I think she's graduated. She's fine. Yeah, and like this is my first season with Corey and Evelyn. Like, I didn't see their other seasons. Like, I don't know what I don't know what the good times were like with them. Like, what 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 does Evelyn like about Corey? I mean, and vice versa. What does Corey like about Evelyn? Um, Corey was like sweet right out the gate. It was like uh, you know how everyone is at the start. They seem sweet. He meant well. He was like a dumb dodo, but he was her dumb dodo, and he you know, was like a nice, innocent young lad type of person. And I felt like with Evelyn, like Evelyn and Corey's relationship was she's the alpha, he's the beta, and it worked because he is a beta, right? So then ultimately, um, when we see this side of Corey, like I don't think anyone expected Corey to be this type of um, person, especially um, Evelyn, which is why I think this has taken a big toll on her as well. Yeah, I mean, because it feels like part of her, I mean, of course, she's upset about the fact that he didn't tell her what went on with Jenny. But I feel like a part of it is also that she's upset that someone else 
was into Corey. Like Corey went out and got someone else. Like, wait a minute, what? How did this happen? Like, he's mine. Like, I didn't expect him to go out and find another woman. And exactly. That's what I'm saying is that that was, I think that is a big factor in this and that you wouldn't expect it from a Corey, you know? And like, that's not a good, like, I'm not like complimenting Corey. It's just Corey seemed to be all about Evelyn. So for him to have even for a second looked at someone else is a shocker. And I think a big shocker to her. So that is where we are now, where she clearly feels super betrayed by him. And he has lied about a bunch of stuff about this and all of that. So then they go over to couples therapy and honestly, give the VIP of the episode um, award, the MVP, give it to the therapist. She nailed it with these two. Yeah, like in the hierarchy of like couples therapy sessions we've seen in this and these shows, this was pretty up there because she kind of got to allow the root of the problem like pretty fast. So I feel like yeah. I feel like she's she's definitely up there in the in the hierarchy of uh, couples therapists we've had. <laughs> no, I agree. She she completely like went in and found the problem, dissected it pulled it out. She got Evelyn to talk about why she's so upset about everything the way she is because she's even sounding emotional as they're talking about it now. And this is where we learned a big uh, kernel of information in that Evelyn got in a car accident while they were separated. And she called Corey and Corey did not come to her aid. Corey stayed back with Jenny. And when Corey tries to deny this, she mentions this Instagram story uh, theory where she had seen a mutual friend's Instagram story that he was there with someone else and she was asking for wine. And when she confronted Corey, he lied about that. So she was very hurt because again, we go back to the whole, she never expected Corey to be that the, the guy that's not with her every point. He did not come to her aid and that hurt her a lot. Yeah, it got a little convoluted for me for a little bit of it. Like, wait a minute, you think he did this because you heard someone in a video, blah, blah, blah. I, it feels like she already some kind of way had confirmed that it was Jenny and she was like kind of beating around that bush a little bit. I wonder how long she was holding on to this information, which was, was odd to me. Yeah, the theory did have a quite a few holes in it because obviously we didn't really see the Instagram post or anything like that. However, I do believe that he did not go to her after the accident. That part I do believe. Now the reason well, yeah, why right. that I don't know. So well, I feel like maybe yeah. if if he had been with Jenny for a while, maybe he was like, you know what? This is pretty cool. I like Jenny. Uh I feel like we could have something. Evelyn basically told me to go F off. So you know. Why, why would I go running back to Evelyn after she told me to F off, go find someone else to, you know, be with? And I've done that. So why do I need to run to Evelyn? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. With these two, I just can't, Jason. Like I'm, I've been over them. They brought them back. Now they're trying to make me care. They're trying to make me be like, Oh, they're working it out. I just can't do it because now both of them suck. And it's very hard for me to be like, oh, you, you go little kids. Like you got this. I believe in you. No, I think both of you are on a path of destruction. I think that, um, I think, I don't know. Cause I think even now I'm seeing a more, 
emotional side to Evelyn that I've never seen. Evelyn has always kind of been like stone cold and, and blunt and just, you know, I don't take anyone's crap, but she's clearly taking Corey's crap and is trying to get somewhere with it. So I, I feel like I'm, I'm changing my tune. I want them to work stuff out. I want to believe that, Hey, trash people can become good people. Hopefully. But I just for their relationship, I don't care. So it like this. Be, at least these two trash people are with two trash people. They're not hurting a good person by ooh. being with them. They're, we we are we are matching trash people up so they can be trash people together. Okay, I Look like that. that. Okay, so then in yeah, so then I am rooting for them because if they both work it out, then they can stay with each other and not go ruin a good person's life and just you know stay with each other and and trash plus trash. Could equal like quarter treasure or something. Yeah, y'all stay y'all stay over there with your trash, so you're not affecting you know non trash people. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a good way to look at it. I like that. So option. I, want, I want to look at the positive. No, I appreciate that from you. I really do. And I found it interesting, even through like through all this cup this therapy session. Like even Evelyn herself says, uh, you know, we were broken up or we were on a break or whatever. Like no, no, no. Those are two very like different things is one or the other we were on a break or we were broken up right yeah like there are different implications there i feel like because break and broken like broken up is like you're done done especially in a marriage if it's break i feel like it's different but yeah. also you know friends has forever ruined this by being like break means this exactly. i don't know yeah. i think from i think it depends person to person but i think anyone with two sets of eyes could look at evelyn and be like yeah if they're on a break she doesn't mean you know go about your way and do whatever you want but that's what she told him like she even told him to go f somebody else when they broke up yeah according, but according to him and her no, I agree with this, but also it's Evelyn. Evelyn did not expect Corey to ever. And I think that's and the Corey should like, know better like, is what you're saying. Right, right. It's like, for example, if um, uh, Liana was like, if I was a vegetarian, Liana was like, yeah, um, go eat all the steaks. It's because she never thinks I'm going to eat a steak. But then if I ate a steak, she's like, oh, you ate a steak? It's like, yeah, you told me I could. So it's one of them, one of them once. I also just wonder if it would, if the shoe is on the other foot and Evelyn had found another guy, like, oh, Corey would have to be be like, yeah, like, it's so, it's so hypocritical. It's, I mean, Raul, she's, she's had a, you know, she's hooked up with Raul before and he's like, and here's Corey just being friends with Raul. Like, it's nothing. Well, you know, Corey's got those cuck tendencies, so it's not a, not a surprise. He does. He really does. And yeah, and that's the, that's what I'm saying. The interest, the most interesting thing about this relationship is that Evelyn clearly still cares enough that she's around. Like, yeah, the Evelyn is, I knew would really weird from the me. beginning. Yeah, yeah, because it, it just seems like she should be someone that's too proud to deal with this. Like, she should just be like, "All right, well, I'm done with you." So you embarrassed me. You, you know, made me look like a fool. So I'm done with you. It, it is very interesting that she's stuck with this. Maybe because she's found someone that's going to put up with her nonsense as well. That. And I think the family being very anti-divorce is mm-hmm. definitely a part of it too. I think she doesn't want to look a fool to her family and, and that'll be a problem. So I think it's a couple of things with her. However, um, we'll see where they end up going from here. I didn't catch much else that mattered. 
the um the ending of the therapy session was basically Corey admitting that yes, I did these things and not making an excuse, and she thought that was a breakthrough, and hopefully that helps them catapult yeah, them into a like, better spot. I felt like he had already kind of done that in the scene before. Like they didn't bring up the whole Instagram story thing in the scene before, but he was just like, I'm sorry I did this, and it's you mm-hmm. know, I want to make sure I'm a better husband for you. And like it felt like he said those things already. So I'm not sure what this, you know, whole thing was different from that. I mean, it's always like, oh, okay, he's little. Now I feel different. Now I feel different. But it's like you've been saying the same thing over and over. It's just like Stephen being like, I'm going to delete the social media. You keep saying it. But like, where, what do you really mean, though? So I think all it means with Evelyn is that I think now she's finally starting to potentially accept that. Whereas before she wasn't willing to hear it. And now she's opening her mind to maybe I'm willing to take him back maybe I'm willing to believe what he's saying potentially yeah, I also just kind of feel like it's uh, kind of to stretch out their storyline a little bit mm-hmm. yeah get a little bit more and more out I of mean, it I'm not, I'm not mad mad at it but you know I feel like this could have been an email of course I mean honestly a lot of this, this episode was like yeah you could have just like sent a telegraph through even not even an email yeah. <laughs> um, the next time on Corey says that he hates being without her I'm shocked let's move on of course Corey <laughs> wants to be with her Ooh, how interesting so let's go over to again a couple that we can all root for they don't get nearly enough uh, screen time but that's also because they're the least problematic of all the couples it's Kenny and Armando Jason so this episode is pretty much emblematic of why Kenny and Armando would get a lot of screen time because this whole, their whole segments here were about Kenny being homesick. Like, you know, it was so like, it, it seems like such a nothing thing, but it took up their whole segments on the episode. Whereas I could, if I'm Armando, I'm already kind of assuming that Kenny is homesick and Kenny misses home. Why wouldn't he? Right. I find it very funny when 90 Day Fiance TLC tries to apply the same level of intensity to you cheated on me with I miss my family sometimes. The way they shot this, I was surprised that they let the I'm homesick come out of Kenny's mouth in the previews because they could have just cut out the I'm homesick part and cut it like right before he said I have something to tell you and then Armando goes well is this going to be a reason you're going to call off the wedding I would have thought it was something like way more dramatic if they cut out the I'm homesick part of all the previews yeah for all the times they try and clickbait us they really messed it with them big time well with with them it's like you know, we start we start the segment off with uh, Kenny talking to his daughters and he kind of comes to the realization that, hey, life is moving on without me. Like, well, yeah, I, I did you not think it was going to. Yeah. What did you think was going to happen? Of course, people are going to progress, get older, experience things. You're not going to be there for all those things. And I understand from Kenny's perspective, right? Kenny, uh, Kenny agrees to move to Mexico. And we find this out confirmed by Armando in this episode as well for Hannah's upbringing so that Hannah gets to experience growing up with her grandparents, with her cousins, with her other family and all that. So it was a sweet gesture for the betterment of Hannah. And it's, it's difficult because I, I would hope Kenny, I think, and I think Kenny actually low key does understand that because 
Kenny had that growing up. So he wants Hannah to have that. But I don't think Kenny realized just how much he would miss having it for himself. Well, I do wonder if like the COVID of it all has kind of prevented them from going back and forth a lot. I know that we got Cassidy over there a couple of episodes ago, but I do wonder how what's kind of holding them up from going back and forth kind of visiting. Cause I don't think they I, live like that far from where Cassie would be, where they are in Mexico. I don't think so, but I, I have a feeling that the getting the marriage license stuff could have been the reason they were on delay because depending. So for example, when I moved here, I, if I had left before I had filed for everything and gotten everything approved, I would have not been allowed back. So okay. it could have been a situation like that. Obviously, I don't know the uh, the immigration laws and all that stuff, but that could have been a factor alongside, you know, complemented by the COVID of it all, because you are right. Cassidy did make it through. So could they not make it through? And maybe that's the answer. But then he's clearly feeling all the feels about this, feeling very upset about being away from his family. And, you know, now there's a new grandkid coming and he can't be there. But what else can y'all do? Like they can support each other. They can love each other, which you know, they're going to do because they're both amazing, but then yeah. there's not much else to speak on with regards to that. Yeah. And you know, I, uh, kudos to nine day fiance for stretching this out over a whole episode, but it was like, you know, you miss home. I'll be there for you. Like you guys can just continue to be great. Exactly. Exactly. Keep being great. Keeping you on the next time on, we see that um, they're meeting up with the wedding planners and Kenny insists, I want a sunset wedding. And I guess they said it's not really possible. And Armando sided with the wedding planner. So Kenny got mad. So I was like, Kenny got mad. Take notes. All right. Maybe we get our first fight from the two next week. We'll see. Have, I, don't, I don't remember. Have you have we talked about or have you talked about how uh, Armando's wife passed away before? Because I just looked into this. And it was because they were talking about it a little bit on one of the other episodes. And I was like, mm-hmm. how did she pass away? Have you talked about that on here? We we talked about it, but last season, because it was brought up okay. more last season and, and not so much this season. I think the only time that his prior marriage has been brought up is when they first visited his family. And his mom talked about how she still pictures him as the guy with a wife and a daughter and not like with a husband. Well, yeah, because I was looking into it and it was wild. Like it was apparently like a big chase going on between Armando and his ex-wife and she like crashed the car and that's how she passed away. Hold up. No. So wait, wait, you're talking cause of death. Okay. I, can you yeah. tell us? Can you give us the, yeah. Yeah. Apparently they were having uh, issues about maybe some money issues or something of that sort. And Armando was driving home and apparently she was chasing him uh, through the streets. And she what? wrecked her car and passed away, you know, when she wrecked. Um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say we didn't talk about this before because this is people? wild. Yeah, I could remember if you guys had talked about it. Or no, not. definitely not. That is. That is a lot. That is a heavy. Wow. A, a wild chase through the streets. Ended in in her in her death. Oh my god! Well, you broke news here, Jason, because I I genuinely don't think even I knew that or remembered it at the very least. Wow! I thought I'd bring that up. 
Well, appreciate you giving us context. I, I don't know where we go from here. <laughs> Sorry, I, I kind of left it on a dour note. No, 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 it's okay. Well, it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is your segment now. You're about to embark on the most anticipated. You've been waiting a year to talk about them. Now's your chance. Take it away. Tell us all about our last couple today, Jenny and Sumi. Jenny and Sumi. So let's let's back up a little bit. Let's talk about the last time I was here and what we talked about. You know, the kind of motive that Submit has, I, what I believe his motives are. Right. I think he's doing all this to. I want to say get back at his family a little bit for forcing him into a marriage he did not want to partake in kind of as we've seen now bucking the trend of what their society, you know, follows and what they want. Uh, so that's that's what I kind of felt when I was here before. And you poo pooed my theory uh, that, you know, he really loves Jenny, blah, blah, blah. When I feel like, and I feel like Sumit's motivations are, you know, kind of multiple motivations here. I feel like he also has found a way to, uh, you know, kind of have his cake and eat it too. He has, he can move away from his parents. He can also be kind of taken care of at the same time by Jenny, who is kind of funding this through her, you know, retirement income or whatever. And probably also a little bit of the funds that they make from, the show as little or as much as it may be, maybe you can carry them a long way where they are. Mm-hmm. So now I feel like we're at a, we may be here at the end game. I feel like for a submit. Do you agree with that? Or what do you think about the submit of it all? Okay. So I will say this. He has fooled Jenny for 10 years. He's allowed to fool me for one season. So I'm not going to feel too upset about falling for his nonsense. It does feel like Endgame. I 100% agree with you. This episode especially opened my eyes completely to the stuff that uh, Sumit is truly made of. Not that I didn't think he wasn't shit before, but I completely now am convinced that he was fooling her all along. And here's why. So in this episode, obviously the last episode we saw, Jenny and Sumit, had started hosting Sumit's parents over at their place. And it was one scene only. Sumit's mom was making Jenny clean a bunch of stuff in the kitchen. So now we're we're back in the kitchen to start this episode. And Sumit offered to cook dinner, but his mom said, no, 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 she'll do it. And Jenny will do it with her. 
and we're shown scenes of Jenny not being able to put a lid on a, a pot. We're shown scenes of Jenny not being able to open a jar. And then we got the scene that's been previewed twice now where Je- Sumit's mom is like saying in Hindi, like, you don't know anything. You don't get anything. And, and Jenny thinks that they're being friendly. So the meal is made. They are all eating it. And Sumit's mom says, well, this is Sumit's fair. You have to make this. And then in Hindi tells her husband and Sumit that, yeah, she didn't show any interest in cooking. I don't think she learned anything. She's running away from responsibility. So all of this was happening. And now Jenny realizes, okay, they're saying bad things about me. Don't love that. And we get told more about the the gender roles or the just the marital roles in India of they expect the daughter-in-law to do the cooking, the cleaning, the washing, and that it's important that she knows all this. Sumit's mom also brings up that she has to be a better host. Like if you have a guest, you have to bring them tea and water and all this stuff. And then Sumit's mom decides to harp on, listen, your age, you're old. People will make fun of you and will throw insults at the two of you for being together. Can you handle it? And when she was doing this, Jason, I'm not going to lie to you. I felt like you just said that so you could say these insults because well, you totally, are saying yeah. them way too naturally. No, I don't like I just don't, I don't see, no matter where you are in the world, I don't see people just running up to Jenny being like, ha you're old, you, you know, you're this, you're that. I feel like this is just, uh, Sumit's parents still trying to save face in, in their community, in their society. Like, I feel like there's, they don't, they don't want to be seen with Jenny. Like, they don't want to be, it's seen that Jenny is their daughter-in-law, that Jenny is married to Sumit. They, that's what they are doing here. They're, they're saying all this to kind of, cop out and save face saying well it's not us it's the rest of society the rest of the people that are going to say this and I feel like they're just kind of trying to like save their own face here yeah no I mean this is obviously not the best exchange and and Sumit's mom can pretend that she was coming from a place of love it really just felt like she was taking like pot shots at Jenny and Jenny's a defenseless receiver she's alone she's on an island because Sumit's not even jumping to defend until Jenny says, I feel like this is what they really mean. So don't love any of that. By the but way, what I don't, I, yeah. As much as, as much as people have stuck up for Jenny, say Jenny, you know, Smith's not trying to do this. I don't feel that bad for Jenny. You know what I mean? Cause tell me she, why. So, okay. We, there's a lot of talk in this episode about, uh, Jenny and Smith's mom being friends again from like when they were in 2013 let's remember mm. that in 2013 jenny came to their house with the you know the under the guise of a friend of sumit's and mm. all the meanwhile they're sneaking away and you know bumping uglies you know what i mean uh we, we're talking about uh sumit's mom at one point says you know respect our our house and jenny's like, well, I, I have come to your house and i have respect your house. that's not respecting his parents' house when you're coming in and doing that. Mm -hmm. I feel like Jenny was a little cognizant of that when she was doing it. So I don't feel that bad for Jenny. Okay. I feel a little bad for Jenny, but I don't feel that she is... I feel like she's coming here into this society and bring her privilege with her and expecting things that would be expected in America. She's not realizing where she is and what she's doing. I feel like I agree with 
the fact that, well, she obviously came to stay at their house under the guise of we're just friends. And then that wasn't the case. So I can see why that relationship could have been a little bit severed. But also now we're all adults. The youngest person in the room is 33. So I feel like we don't need to be taking pot shots at each other. Let's just be talking openly. But then it doesn't work when Sumit doesn't even tell you what he really wants. Because now uh, the bombshell that Sumit throws on Jenny's lap is, yeah, I would love if all four of us lived together. That's my dream. And she's no. never heard him say this ever. This is this is the start of forcing Jenny to leave. That's what this yeah, is. This is it. This is endgame. Yeah. Like he's done playing his games. He's a little probably maybe a little tired of Jenny. He wants to be kind of taken care of by his mommy again. He's not he has not, <laughs> he's not satisfied with how he's being taken care of by Jenny, obviously. And now he wants to be taken care of by his mommy again. I mean look at him. Are we shocked? So they've been there for a day. And in that day, Jenny has been made to clean the kitchen. His mommy and Jenny made food and he didn't have to do anything. He just got to chill. So of course, and and then in his ideal world that happens, then at night he can hang out with just Jenny and they'll have like quality time away from his family. Like he really feels like that's the recipe. And what we, we did hear more when he talks about it with Jenny, that, the this last year with the pandemic and COVID really opened his eyes to, oh, I miss my family too much. But it's like, but how often you were already away from your family before the pandemic? It's not like and you were lying about living in another city. So it's not like you were seeing them often. So but your also kind of sounds like in the COVID of it all, like he has taken on a lot of the cooking is what it sounds like. Maybe yes. pre-COVID, they were like going out a lot. They were ordering like, you know, meals from Ooh. other places. Maybe now he's had to cook a little bit. And he's like, what is this? Like, why am I cooking? Like, where is my mommy? Like, why isn't Jenny cooking? Like, <laughs> I am like, why? He's like, why am I doing this now? Now, now it's starting to hurt me. Like, now I'm starting to have to do stuff that I've never been expected to do. I need to end this because this, I need to go back to my mommy's house. Maybe he did miss his parents during the, you know, COVID, but. Again, I feel like this is self-serving to submit. Either, you know, Jenny learns how to cook and take care of him the way he wants to, or he forces her to leave. Those are the two things that he wants. You know, either way, it'll be fine. But I feel like his end goal here is to get Jenny to leave him and he can Mm -hmm. go back with his parents. That is not a bad shot at all. I genuinely just do not see this relationship working out even more so this episode than ever before. I think the nail in the coffin is trying to get them all to live together. There's no world where Jenny's going to be okay with that at all. She's they, They've been there a day she can't hack it. There's no way that's going to last. And there's no way Sumit's going to budge. So I think this is what's going to cause a divide. I don't think they're going to be together. Like, listen, if season four happens next year and they're still here, I will apologize about this bad take. I just don't see it. It just, this to me is by far the worst thing that could have happened for the relationship. And they've gone through a lot more, but this to me is the end. This is it. I also kind of think like, what is this also motivated by? Cause I feel like I, I feel like submit kind of likes the attention of maybe being on TV. Maybe cause I felt this last season when he was going to go have the standoff with his parents and yes. it was the way they presented this. He was walking down the street, like, 
like he was in like a Bruce Springsteen video. Like he was like, you know, he had this walk about him. He had this dress about him. He was like going to go take on the world. I feel like he kind of likes that. But I also feel like producers may be like, yo, uh, we've really beat this story to death. What are we going to do here? Like, you're going to marry this woman. You're not because we can't stick around if you're just going to if we're going to have the same storylines every year. So maybe yeah. it's like, you know what? Let's just end it. Let's let's be done with this. Or maybe Jenny does relent. Jenny does go live with the parents. And now we have all new content to mine. Oh, I just don't, my heart's I just don't really trust Submit here. Like I just I feel like he's very kind of manipulative as we've seen. I feel like he's done a lot throughout the years to show that he is not someone to be trusted. He, this all started from catfishing. I'm sure that Submit himself is surprised to even be in this situation right now. I'm sure when he gets caught catfishing and then the, the woman is like, oh, but you know what? I kind of like you. He's like, oh, I'm going to go with this. And then he continues it. And she says, oh, you know what? I will come to live with you in these. Like, oh, okay. I'm going to go with this. And now I feel like he's gotten a little bit, you know, over his head about this now. He's, he's got a little, yeah. bit off a little more than he can chew. And we'll just have to wait and see how the rest of the season ends. Because I think this next time on, especially, not just for them, but just overall, started reminding me, I think the finale is going to come up soon. I don't think the season is going to go that much longer. Um, I think we're going to be done before 90 day, before the nine, like 90 day fiance before the 90 day starts, I think. So that's December 12th. So about a month and a half from now. So I think we've got like maybe five episodes max left in the tank. And Does that include tell alls that, that, oh God, I, it better. I don't think so though. I think that's like four episodes plus at least two tell alls. Yeah. Then your season's not really over. Can we talk about this next time on real quick before we head out though? So Jenny and Sumit, their next time on is she, I guess, got diarrhea and she's bedridden. And Sumit's mom is like, well, that is, ju- that's just weak right there because we, you know, if you have diarrhea three, four, five times, you just get up and do stuff. And then they're in their bedroom asking Jenny to get up. <laughs> Oh, Jenny. <laughs> she's just like, she looks awful just in the bed. Like, why is this camera girl here? Like, why are y'all messing with me? Like, and mom's just like, well, I can have like four to five cases of diarrhea and I'd be up doing my tasks like nothing. I could, Love if it. I had double diarrhea, I'm like, that's like so done. If Don't I got a rubbly tummy, quadruple. Yeah. If I got no. a rubbly tummy, I'm sitting down for a while. Like, you're not going to get yeah. me up to do anything. If I got even a rumbly tummy, like not, nothing even have to come out yet. If I got exactly. a rumbly tummy, I'm sitting down and I'm <laughs> chilling. Oh my God. Yeah. And I'm seeing um, breaking news. I see a tweet from Sasha talking about Jenny defense tweet. And she points out a bunch of reasons why um, Jenny, uh, Sumi's parents are being unreasonable with her. So I do appreciate that perspective from Sasha. Zev, go check out Sasha's tweet fun, at fun size underscore oh four. So I just, I feel bad for Jenny. Just operation get, get Jenny back. Um, Chappelle, J- Jacob decreed it. Save Jenny, please. And thank you. <laughs> <laughs> operation save a Jenny. I'm down exactly. with that. All Let's right. Let's get Chappelle her number right now. I'm just glad that, that Jenny kept her cool, you know, and throughout this whole conversation with, 
with uh, Sumit's parents because when Jenny gets real like you know high strung like I, I well not to lie I kind of like it a little bit like when she gets a little crazy because she sounds like a like a upset chicken like when, <laughs> when she gets like really upset and I try like I'm not gonna do it Sumit so I'm like <laughs> I, I kind of missed that a little bit I want that some more like maybe we get some at the tell all I really want some more I don't think she's gonna be in any kind of condition next episode to do that but. yeah I like I would love for her to have the um throwing the chair out from the first episode energy that was spectacular I th- yeah I think they've broken her down for the minute and we'll just have to hope that she comes back bigger and better by the tell-all when she gets over her diary about which I hope she does by then it's no double diarrhea but it'll do not even four <laughs> or five cases of diarrhea Exactly. Well, Jason, thank you so much for coming through, man. This was a great recap with you. Let the people know where can they find you? What else do you have going on in this wild, wild world of not 90 day? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at J A Y R one zero eight five. Just says, uh, you know, follow me. I talk a little bit about 90 day here and there when I'm watching it like <laughs> quote unquote live tweeting it probably the day after I'm watching it. But uh, you can follow me there uh, and follow what else I'm doing. I'm kind of like a journeyman podcaster. You can find me popping up here and there on the R hat feed. So just keep on lookout for me. Appreciate that, Jason. And y'all can find me on Twitter at Puya is and find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puya. Um, Jason's been on for quite a few weeks now playing among us with the squad every Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern, moving to 5 p.m. soon. So you can come I felt like and uh, check those. I, I felt like the last episode when Ellie was talking to Victor. I felt like that was mm-hmm. kind of like when someone catches me being the imposter and they ask me if I'm the imposter. I'm like, what? No. <laughs> no. Get out of here. <laughs> it's not me. No way. <laughs> Why would you say that? Oh, man. Yeah, we're going to see their first fight next week, too. So that'll be exciting. I, I'm, I can't wait for it. Yeah. Um, also, you can find the uh, me on the Mass Singer wrap up podcast. We're about what six episodes in. We're getting close to the semifinals. Find out what that means. There's one more wild card to be revealed. So Liana and I have you covered there. And of course, if you are still looking for podcasts to listen to while on this network, look no further than this new season of The Bachelorette that has come through recently with Haley and Amy at the wheel covering all your Bachelor Bachelorette needs on the Bachelor wrap up feed. Go there, check them out, show some love. And if you would like to show some love to this podcast, I would certainly appreciate if you go over to robinsonwebsite.com slash 90 day fiance. That's the number nine, number zero day fiance. Leave us a rating and review. It's the best way for people to find us. And it's the best way for me to get your feedback on things you'd like about the show, things you would like changed, anything of that sort. That would be the best way to go ahead and do that. All right. So this brings us to the end of the destination for today's 90 day fiance wrap up until until a minute from now when i talk to you about 90 day bears all i am mentally not ready for this next episode of 90 day bears all um big ed nicole lydia and molly are the people that are going to be on this episode it's an all-star cast there I'm not ready. The minute I saw Big Ed, my heart sank and I thought, oh, you can get me out of here. Please, I beg. (laughs) So that'll be fun. We'll see how that goes. It's okay. All right. Take care, everyone. Have a good day.
I'll catch you in about 20 seconds. Oh, Bigger has a tattoo of himself. All right. Bye. Hello, hello, lovely listeners of the 90 Day Fiancé Rahapa podcast. We're back here to talk about 90 Day Fiancé Bears All. This was a very interesting episode of Bears All. Let me just put that out there right out the gate and tell you all about how the featured person on this episode of the big, um, the big, the big bears all was sadly, uh, Big Ed. So let me just right out the gate say, if you're not a fan of Big Ed, you are seen. I am also not a fan of Big Ed, but alas, it is my job to let you know what you missed so that you don't have to go watch this. So let's talk about it. Big Ed comes on. And first of all, we find out that Big Ed is going to be on the next season of 90 Day Fiance, the single life season two. Why? Why do we need Big Ed back again? My life was fine. I would be very okay with no Big Ed at the next life, uh, 90 Day Fiance, the single life. So now that that's happening, I'm very sad. Okay. Don't love that, but he's going to be back. Okay. So that's happening. Um, and then they talked a lot about, okay, so what happened at the tell, like last time with the tell all, like y- the two of you really were in shambles, which is true. They were in shambles. And, uh, this talking about him and Liz. And basically he tells us that after they did the, um, after they did the tell all, he invited her back to a coffee shop in his, um, hotel and they spent the night together. And he, he said, uh, you know, Sean was like, did you, did you have sex? And he was like, no, we, you know, all I'll say is we held each other. We held each other. And then the next day he, um, rejects her and then he breaks up with her via text and he broke up with her via text eight times during this relationship. Big Ed is an unhinged human. And quite frankly, uh, no one should be with Big Ed, but here we are again, season two of the single life. They show us a scene from this season of him on a date with another woman. And he tells the, that other woman that he broke up with her via like his last relationship with eight texts. And I was like, why is this woman still at this dinner? Like, why is she not leaving? I don't know. So that was, again, sight for sore eyes, big ad back in the building. But to quickly give you a run up on who's going to be on the next season of 90 Day Fiancé, The Single Life, okay? So these are the people that are confirmed for 90 Day Fiancé, The Single Life. We have Debbie, a.k.a. Colt's mom, on The Single Life. We have Big Ed. We have Sinjin of Tanya and Sinjin fame. Sinjin on The Single Life. Then we have Natalie of Mike and Natalie on The Single Life. We have Stephanie of Stephanie and Erica, who y'all heard sing a song a couple weeks ago. Again, I'm sorry I did that to you. We have Jesse (laughs) of, you know, Darcy and Stacy, Jesse, Darcy, Stacy, Jesse. So Jesse's going to be back. And then Jennifer, who was with Tim back in the day, is also now on this season, but Jennifer and Jesse are dating. So they're both on the season, but, but I don't know why they're on the season. Cause not of them are single. They're just together, but whatever. Well, that's the, this cast is going to rise my blood pressure. I am not ready. I am not ready. Y'all. But I'll tell you this. You already know. I am a man of the people. I will be covering this season of nine day fiance debuting November 12th. Now, 
the other people that were there um at this uh Bears All episode were Molly and her man Kelly, you know, so they're from the last season of the single life. So Molly and Kelly were there and they show us the scene of, oh, remember when Kelly uh came to visit Molly for the first time and Molly was excited and like got dressed up to like have sex. And then Kelly came in and said, Buddha got to eat. I'm hungry instead of wanting to have sex, the audacity. And then they talked about that for a bit and I was like, oh, whatever. We don't care. So then they talk, they had uh, Tim and Molly, you know, talk about the tell all more. They had comments about Brittany who was on that tell all. If you remember, Brittany did not show up and people were mad about it. And then they showed Big Ed the rapping that Brittany did about him. Again, you had to hear this on this podcast <laughs> a month ago. I'm sorry. It happened. We move. So it was a lot of that back and forth, whatever, yada, yada, don't matter. Honestly, that was it <laughs> with them. Then they had a segment with the moms of 90 Day Fiance. Let's see what the moms are saying. And they brought over um Brandon's mom, of course, Betty. They brought over Mike's mom, Trish. Remember, butter is good for the mind. That Trish. And then they brought Stephanie's mom, Stephanie again, the same one that's going to be on this next season of 90 Day Fiance, The Single Life. And they played a game with the three of them. They basically played a game of, it was called Mama Drama. And there were questions like, have you ever caught your kids throw a party while you were out of town? And every time one of the moms had had that happen to them, they would get a ball. Okay, and at the end, however many balls you had, you were going to, and I'm not making this up, it sounds ridiculous, it is, you are going to throw them at a target where if you hit the target, a dunk tank is there and Big Ed will fall into the water. Why are we doing this? Don't know. Couldn't tell you to save myself, but here we are. So ultimately they do this. Also, let me note this. Stephanie's mom is not even in the damn studio. So she's playing via video chat and Sean Robinson is going to throw her balls on her behalf towards Big Ed. So she gets three. She doesn't get much. Brandon's mom has the most. They, they miss all their shots, but Trish does walk over to the target at one point during her throws and just pushes it and throws Big Ed in the pool. So that's great. We love that. That is really all that happened. That was the last scene. Um, the other thing that did happen was we saw a, um, I want to say Nicole and Lydia from the family Chantel fame, uh, talked about some breast augmentation surgery a little bit. There was a translator. There wasn't a lot of meat on the bone there for me to report on. So that is all there was. That brings us to the end of this. I feel like most of this was me complaining about Big Ed, but that is what you will expect when we get Big Ed on 90 Day Fiancé, the single life. Who am I rooting for? In that season, like Debbie is going to be memes. So that's fine. Big Ed is going to piss me off. Don't like that. Sinjin might be like the only person that I'd be like, oh, I hope you find someone. Everyone else, Natalie, Stephanie, uh, Jesse. I'm like, I don't none of y'all. But that is how 90 Day is built. And it's still going to be fun. You know, some of the best 90 Day content comes from when we are irritated at the people in them. So guaranteed some good times there. That does bring us to the end of this podcast. I do hope you've had a good time listening. Uh, check out uh, Mass Singer Rahap Up, where I do my thing with Liana every week. Uh, find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Puyaism at Puyaism, twitch.tv slash Puya stream there four or five times a week this week, especially. So come through, say hi, check us out. And then if you can leave a rating or review, I genuinely would appreciate it. 
over on robinswebsite.com slash 90 day fiance, number nine, number zero day fiance. I will be back next week to talk more about 90 day fiance the other way. But until then, you've arrived at your destination. I am your host and conductor of the Hot Mess Express, Puyas Ambikili, saying goodbye. Take care. See you next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.